Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited to bring you this one today. I'm a huge fan of Absence of Mind, Smile, Aren't You Happy. To me, it's a great record. I know at first, a lot of people were really confused and didn't really know how to take it. But to be honest, I think it's really great. Love that band. I love the sound and I respect what they're doing even with all the hate that they're receiving, you know, they're just kind of realizing that it's just part of the journey and they're just going to continue to do their thing. They're about to head to Japan. So I'm really happy that I was able to catch Ryan before they flew out overseas. And I'm really proud of them to have been able to get a Japan tour so early in their career and they're booked for LDB and they got a lot of awesome stuff coming up for the new year and I'm really excited to see them grow and for people to actually realize that the record they have is awesome and forget all the hate all the hoopla just listen to the music it's real it's awesome and nobody out here in Southern California is doing what they're doing and I appreciate it. So shout outs to absence of mine. I love everything that they're doing and I support them. So thank you, Ryan, for coming on the podcast and talking to me about all the random stuff that we went over. So please, without further ado, welcome Ryan to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Dude, this is um, uh, pretty awesome. It's, it's been a while um, since I've been trying to track down somebody from Absence of Mine and uh, convince them to come on the podcast. So I'm happy that you're down to do this. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I think you might be the most uh, controversial guitar player in hardcore right now. How's that? How's that? So, <laughs> because uh, when you guys dropped the new record, I could not believe the amount of uh, hate that I saw. Like the second day, uh, it, it kind of threw me for a loop because I, I remember uh, when the record initially dropped, and I'm not sure it's because of who I'm friends with on social media, but I, I just saw like a ton of love, and I was into it. I was like, cool, like the, the, this record's awesome. And then the next day, I just saw, like, I guess uh, the Internet kind of caught on and I just saw like a bunch of people uh, trying to trash the record. And it just really kind of surprised me because like I couldn't remember the last time a band that put out a new record got that got that kind of like uh, hate, even though, like, in my opinion, yeah. it, it was a good record. Thank you. Well, I mean, like. We went into the writing process of it knowing that people were either going to fuck with it or hate it just because of how different it is. So, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be for everybody. And we went into the writing process knowing that shit, as I said. So can't be like too surprised, you know. Yeah, I definitely get that. But um, before we go too deep into the new record. Can you talk yeah. about uh, Absence of Mind, uh, when you joined the band, and uh, how you guys got to that point? Um, 
we used to operate under a different name. Like, me and Rudy met back in, like, 2014, 2015, just going to shows. Um, there used to be this venue out in Wildemar, out in the Inland Empire, called Dad's Den. And we just, we just all kind of met going to shows there. And eventually, through going to shows and shit, I met Gino. And we had always, like, wanted to be in a band together and shit. And at the time, the band before Absence of Mind that Rudy was in, they were going on a tour and I think they had like just kicked out their older bass player. And I had just gotten back home from like a month and a half long full US. And I kind of had nothing to do and I was just like, fuck it, I'll fill in. And then that's kind of how I ended up joining from there. Dang. That that's pretty awesome. It was just kind of like I guess like good timing, them just hitting you up and you getting back from tour. It's kind of cool how that worked out and kind of led to where you guys are at now. It's crazy. I never thought it would like lead to this. You know. You know, I I went to the dead dead the dad's dead once. It was like a long obviously a long time ago. I, I saw. I remember I went for Cool Side, and there were some bands from the Pacific Northwest playing, which I can't remember. But I remember it being like a pretty cool show. It was just really hot in that garage. Oh yeah, during the summertime, it get hot as fuck in there. Yeah, it was definitely pretty rough. I like half the place had their shirts off, and it was definitely a cool vibe. Yeah. Like it seemed like everybody was like super chill, and the show went off with like no problems. Yeah, shows there used to be pretty fun. They're like, I don't know how fucking he who shall not be named was able to pack so many people into his fucking garage, but that shit is crazy. I think I think the wildest show to ever happen there was Knocked Loose. It was like one of their first full U.S. tours, I think. Damn, that's crazy. I, I can't even imagine that now, especially like how big they've gotten them playing in that small ass garage. And I, I was always surprised too that uh, the show didn't get shut down just because it was like the house was in the middle of like this neighborhood. It wasn't like secluded or anything. The neighbors were like pretty chill with it. And the dude who ran the venue would just go around and like let people know that he was throwing a show. And I mean, the cops came a couple times. Um, it was a while ago and my memory's kind of hazy, but I don't even remember if like a show ever got shut down there. But the cops definitely did come like a handful of times. Okay. Um, so you also play bass in a band called Slow Decay? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, that band's awesome. Obviously, I had Sean on a couple months ago. Yeah, he told me about that. Yeah, super awesome. And you guys uh, played with Agnostic Front recently? Like a night or two ago, yeah. Yeah, can you talk about how that show went? Dude, it was honestly dope. Like, it was mainly old heads, just like people that were like 30 and up. Like, I don't think I saw one younger person in there. It was all like motherfuckers with like gray hair and shit, which is dope. Yeah, like, we opened that show and we were like the only local band. It was like us, Prong, and then Agnostic Front. And our set went pretty well. I think people, I think people liked it. Like no one really like moshed or anything, but in between songs, people were like cheering and shit, which is dope. It was a good time. Agnostic Front was super dope. I've never seen them Okay. up until two nights ago. 
Hell yeah. It's cool to hear that they're still touring and putting on a good show. Because I, I saw them uh, for the first time back in like 2003, which sounds like ages ago. How old are you? Uh, right now, I'm 30. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I know. I figured you were like around my age. Um, how old are you? 23. Okay. Uh, no, dude. I, I feel so old. <laughs> uh, I, I, I might look young. It's because uh, it's my uh, genes. But no, I'm 30. I feel old, uh, but I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, I think I get to a point where like I, I think about my age and I just like forget how old I actually am because I don't feel that old yet. So uh, it's just weird when I say it out loud sometimes. Drop the skincare routine, bro. <laughs> Why are you holding out on me? Oh wow, uh, my skincare. Okay, I'll, I'll have to uh, create a YouTube video and post it online <laughs> to keep everybody updated on how to look young. But you are you, you like a vampire? Are you immortal? Oh no, I I've like talked about um, like you know if I had the chance to live forever, I definitely would because I'm like super obsessed with uh, Street Fighter, and I would love to live to see uh, Street Fighter forever and not have to die and not be able to play it. Right. Yeah. Super random. What did you? What did you get bored living forever though? Like you eventually you'd run out of shit to do now. You'd think so, but. Uh, I feel like it would take so much time for me to get bored because I would probably have to like I feel like I'd get to the point where I would just try everything right yeah and and there's like so much things to do and I feel like I'd get to a point where maybe uh, technology would get so advanced that we'd finally be able to get off this flat earth you don't actually believe the Earth's flat, do you? No, no, I'm just messing around. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, man, that uh, idea to me is just so funny. And like, people are pretty crazy to think that. And I just love uh, watching random YouTube videos of people arguing the point that the Earth is flat. If the Earth was flat, I'd do a kickflip off that shit. Dude, yeah. And I, I would, you would just fall into nothing. Probably space. Have you ever thought about like? Have you thought about how crazy space actually is? Because sometimes like at night, like I'll I'll just be driving and I'll look up and I'm like, holy shit! Like, like there's so much out there that we don't know about allegedly. I think about it sometimes. I can't say I think about it often, but space is for sure a crazy fucking concept. Yeah, and. For us to just be floating through it constantly, just like spinning and just not bumping in anything is just mind blowing to me how we're able just to survive constantly. Not for long. This planet's going to shit. Would you like to live to see the last days of Earth or are you hoping your time is up before that happens? I'm pretty sure my time will be up before that happens. I don't take very good care of myself. <laughs> Is that, uh, you mean like your physical health or your, your mental health? Uh, I guess physical. I've been, I've been smoking on and off for like seven years. 
And are, now, are, I, like to, I like to drink, so I mean, I don't know how long I'm gonna last, <laughs> but we'll see. And are, are you smoking cigarettes or weed or both? Both, yeah. Have you ever tried quitting cigarettes? Because I feel like that's like the worst of the two. I've tried multiple times and it's never fucking worked. I think the longest I've quit is for a month. Okay. That seems like a a fair amount of time. What led you back to smoking? Um, I guess just like the emotional dependency of it and like the physical addiction factor, you know, I feel like that's whack to say, but if someone understands like nicotine addiction or whatever, like they get how hard it is to stop. And there's always that saying that's like, once you start, it's really hard to stop. And it's true for sure. And have you ever tried uh, like reading any books or go to like a hypnotist or anything to try to stop it? Books? No, but I've honestly thought about going to like a hypnotist because I've heard it works. Yeah. And smoking cigarettes is like a, a pretty expensive habit. Yeah, it is. I switch on and off between like smoking cigarettes and vaping. And right now I have this thing called a puff bar. It's like a disposable jewel. Those are pretty dope. Yeah. And is that a good alternative? Like, could, could you just vape or jewel and not have to smoke? I mean, yes, but it is a little more expensive than cigarettes, which is like kind of counterproductive. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I'm always just curious because I've never smoked before, so I, I don't really know what you're going through. Right. But I, I was just curious uh, on ways for you to stop that. I mean, every time that I've like tried to quit or have quit, I just do cold turkey. But I know some people have to like wean themselves off of it. So maybe I'll have to try that next. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't see why not. You could start slowly giving it up and hopefully over time your body just won't want it as much. Right. I think I also have a pretty addictive personality. Like when I really like something, like I need to do it pretty much all the time. And I used to have a pretty nasty drug habit and I kicked that. Like I stopped. Animal. Can't do it. Oh, sorry, you're breaking up on that last part. You said you had a nasty drug habit and then you kind of broke up. Oh, yeah. My reception kind of sucks right now. I was saying that it's like I used to have a nasty drug habit. I fucking stopped eating animals, yet I can't quit nicotine. <laughs> well, maybe it's just in due time you'll be able to give it up. Maybe it's just not right now. Yeah. Uh, me and Hunter, the other guitar player of AOM, like we tried to quit a couple days ago and I was just like, I can't do it, especially right before we go to Japan too. like, I know that having that whole like 12 or 14 hour long flight, however long it is without nicotine would suck ass. What about especially uh, like going from just quitting to like not doing it at all, you know? Yeah. Have you ever tried the gum? Yeah, I don't like it. 
Okay. I've, I've never tried it, obviously, but I was just curious if that was like a good alternative because I know some people do that as well. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's worked for some people. It's, it just makes my throat hell itchy. I don't know what it is. Probably the nicotine. Interesting. Okay. Uh, speaking of Japan, I, I think it's pretty awesome that you guys are flying out there to do, uh, but you guys are playing like five shows out there or is it four? I think it's, it's four. Okay. Four shows. And you guys are flying out there with modern color. Uh, we're flying out by ourselves. I know like most of the guys are on the same flight, but I'm flying separate. Okay. And is that just you guys, or you just didn't book the same flight as the band or are they just getting there earlier? Correct. Yeah, they got their tickets pretty early, and I'm going through, like, another airline, so I'm just going to go by myself. Okay, and uh, and you guys have never, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure you guys have never played Japan, right? Because so, you guys are still, like, a newer band. Yeah, we've never been overseas before. And uh, how that come together with Modern Color? Because I think it's pretty awesome that you guys are getting out there so early in your career. Thank you, man. It's it's fucking crazy. Like I wouldn't have ever expected us anytime soon to be like touring overseas. But um, I might fuck up how this actually went down. But when when it was in the talks that MC was going to Japan, we had like joked about going with, and they were like, "Haha, like that would be sick." But I don't even know like what our situation's like. And then we put out the single for the record, which was regret, disdain, wallow. And the, the promoter hero that ended up booking the tour and like setting everything up for us, he ended up really liking it and just asked us to come with. Damn. That, that's awesome. That's cool. Cause that, that song off the record is awesome. And the fact that they caught on pretty early and wanted you to fly out. I, I think it's really cool. Thank you. It's fucking dope. Shouts out hero. And that's and modern color. Yeah. I, I think, uh, that band's interesting as well. Cause I feel like they just kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of been hitting it hard and just constantly touring and working really hard. And, uh, I think a lot of people have taken notice of that band. Yeah. They're one of the hardest working bands in the game for sure. I mean, they've been around for like two or three years. I think they started in like 2016. But yeah, they they definitely put in work and they do it for fun, which is awesome. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of the approach you, you kind of have to take for it to be enjoyable long term. Just do it, have fun and not be like super serious about it, if that makes sense. Right. Sometimes things can get like too professional and just kind of ruins the fun, even though like, you know, you still want some things to be, I guess, like profitable and make sense. And you don't want to just kind of just like go out there, just throwing away money. But sometimes just like the business aspect to me can just ruin things totally so yeah you just have to you just have to kind of remember like why you're doing it you know yeah 100 percent. so you guys put out a smile aren't you happy back in june and i right now uh, like my favorite track is bloodstained silk 
which oh I, yeah yeah I, I i just love everything about that song just uh, i just wanted to talk about like what was your inspiration in writing that song i don't really know like our homie david who was an original member of the band and he left right before we started recording that record and he had came up with like the main riff in the song, which is like the da 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 And then we just kind of like built around that. And I don't know, my inspiration for that song was kind of like my inspiration for the whole record, which was just like all the shit I listened to, I guess, is like the best way I could explain it. And can you talk about those influences, like what you actually listen to? Um, well, it's a lot of the shit that I grew up listening to. Like I, I owe all the credit to my dad for like getting me into music. Cause he used to just like drive around playing like Metallica, Pearl Jam, Creed, three doors down, shit like that. And I heard all of those bands at like a very young age and it just kind of stuck with me. So a lot of bands along like that line fucking just rock in general like hair metal i guess uh, a lot of different forms of metal and then hardcore i guess it's just like all the shit i listened to that went into the record and then i listened to a lot of like rap country fucking shoegaze indie i don't know i kind of listened to a little bit of everything except edm <laughs> I, th- I think it's interesting that that music stuck like stuck with you as a child because when I was that young, like my dad used to listen to like the oldies radio station like all the time, and my mom she would listen to like foreign music. But w- when I was a kid, uh, it was never really anything important for me because I-, I felt like all I wanted to do was like play my PlayStation or like watch Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. So I, th- I think it's awesome that that stuff stuck with you at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like five or six years old, like riding around with my dad and just like trying to sing along to like Metallica songs and shit, but I could like barely speak English <laughs> or like form a sentence, which is dope. And like hearing that music at a young age, like I wanted to be the person like making that music. Like I knew that from a very young age. So. And was your first instrument playing the guitar? Um, at the time, my dad's first wife, after he divorced my mom, uh, she had two kids. She had a son and a daughter. And my stepbrother got a guitar for Christmas and I got a bass. And we both took like one lesson together with this random dude. And... I ended up liking it, but I had like no idea what the fuck I was doing. So I stopped for like a year or two. And this was when I was like 11 or 12 maybe. And then I got a guitar for Christmas and like when I was like 13 or 14 from my stepdad. And then I discovered what tabs were because I had a friend who showed me and that's just, I just took off running with that. I was like, oh, this is way easier than like theory and fucking chords and shit you know and when your friends showed you uh tabs you just like from there you're, you're just like self-taught you never took any other lessons 
Correct. Yeah. Dang. That's that's wild. At what point did you feel like you actually learned or actually knew how to play the guitar? Did you ever start doing like cover songs or did you start bands when you were younger? Um, I started off like learning a bunch of other people's songs because I think personally, I think that's how you kind of form your own style as a guitar player or like any other instrument It's just kind of like finding what bands you fuck with and like artists that influence you and kind of taking from them and like learning how they do shit. I feel like that's what made me a better guitar player for sure. And then I've, I've learned a lot of shit off YouTube, like a lot of like scales and stuff and chords. What about um, like having to buy all the different types of pedals? Cause I'm not like educated at all when it comes to like playing any instrument. So whenever I see people using like all these like different pedals, is there like a place where you get all your information from or you just kind of buy like, like whatever from like magazines and stuff? Um, I mean, it's kind it's kind of just like pedals that have been around for a long time or just like word of mouth, like talking to other musicians about like gear and shit and like just hearing recommendations. Fucking I follow a handful of like pedal companies on Instagram and shit and just like seeing shit pop up from them or like on your Explorer page. Um, hearing about pedals and going on YouTube and like demoing them out and shit. Or it's just as simple as like going into a music store and like trying out a pedal, you know. And do you have like a local music store? Cause like the, the one that I, or that's closest to me is uh there's a guitar center at the mall, which I rarely go into. Right. Yeah. I just go to guitar center. It's like right down the street from our apartment. Okay. And you're uh, currently living in San Diego. Yeah. And you mentioned before the podcast that you grew up in Oregon. Can you talk about how you ended up in San Diego? Yeah. So, uh, I was born and raised in Oregon. I was born in Salem, but I grew up in a, grew up in a really small town called Dallas. It's like 15,000 people. It's like a logging and farming town up in the woods, like super fucking hillbilly, like podunk shit. And, um, when I was in like my sophomore year of high school, I was doing the music thing and my brother was like really good at football. And at the time my mom was married to my stepdad and my stepdad's always lived down in San Diego and we would go down and visit him every summer. And then once my brother was like starting to get really good at football and like, I knew that I wanted to pursue music. My mom kind of convinced my dad to just let us move down. And so, me, my brother, and my mom kind of just moved down here, and that was the start of it all. And at what age did you move down to San Diego? I was 15. Okay. Yeah. And, and you moved down at 15. Was it easy for you to transition? Because I know you said that you were going down there every summer, but um, once you actually got settled in, did you find it easy to adjust from moving down from Oregon? What's weird is that, like, every summer that I would come down here to kick it, like, I didn't really have friends. Like, I had one dude that I knew that I used to, like, go to the skate park with because I grew up skating, too, but I don't really skate anymore. And 
fucking that was about it the transition was honestly pretty hard like all i knew was that small little town i grew up in and like i had all my friends like if you were born and raised there like you knew everyone from kindergarten and preschool up until high school so that was like that was all i knew and then going from where you're like super comfortable and then just being fucking like dropped into a new setting is it's pretty shocking to experience like as a teenager like i think it would be easier to do that kind of thing as a kid you know because you have a little you have a little more time ahead of you to kind of like build a solid group of friends and to like be comfortable and shit you know yeah, because what you picked up and left, were you like a sophomore in high school? I graduated my freshman year. Oh. Of, yeah, I graduated my freshman year of high school at the high school in my hometown and then just moved down here. So I completed my last three years of high school in San Diego. Wait, you graduated in Oregon? Yeah. And then your last three years of high school were in San Diego? Correct. Okay. So you were a sophomore when you started in San Diego? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going into my sophomore year. Okay. Interesting. And damn, I, I, I couldn't imagine that because my parents, like when I was younger, I switched schools when I was like in like seventh grade, I had no idea. Like I, I went to school, it was like a normal day. And I remember after lunch, I got called to the office and they were like, Hey, like you're transferring schools. And I was like super surprised. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I didn't even get to say bye to my friends. And I ended up going to our rival school across town and even that like it wasn't like that drastic of a move but just going to a new school across town where i didn't know anybody it was such a shitty feeling because i was like damn i'm like how am i gonna make friends like i don't know anybody in this new place and it was definitely really tough and i I, like hated my mom for like the longest time because i just didn't want to go and like i I felt like betrayed because she didn't even ask me she didn't give me a heads up she just kind of was like all right like you're going to your rival school now Let's see you later. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, like, did your mom just switch schools without you asking? Like, did the school do it? But you kind of explained it. So, yeah, because my uh, parents got a divorce and uh, we moved to the next city over and it was just hard for her to drive us across town every morning because she was like a single mom for a while. So uh, just to drive us across town and still make it to work and everything. So just to make it easier on her, it just made more sense for us to switch schools. Um, and she definitely felt bad because, um, she just had me finish out that year at the rival school. And then I moved in with my aunt who lived in my old town and that enabled me to go to my old school again. It was just like such a weird situation going to like that new spot, like super random. And like, I like made like friends with like the people that I had class with, but like nobody that I like ever had like a real friendship with because I don't talk to anybody from that school to this day. Right. Yeah. Super stressful. No, I, I, yeah, I totally get how that goes. Yeah. Uh, what part of San Diego did you move to? Um, I moved to Coronado at first for like a couple months because that's where my stepdad lived. And then I lived in Point Loma for like five years with my mom. 
Okay. I, I used to uh, visit San Diego all the time. I, I used to spend some time in Chula Vista. Chula Vista is dope. Yeah, and it, it was nice out there. I, I, I liked it, but um, like like Chula Vista, and then also uh, I think it's called a Hillcrest. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's a pretty cool spot. I, I was like driving yeah, through there. Yeah, Hillcrest is dope. Yeah, there's this uh, 24 hour coffee shop. Uh, it's called Lestats. Yeah, Lestats is good. Yeah, definitely a cool spot. I I used to go there all the time in like my early teen years. Really? And the one that I went to, it was like 24 hours. I'm not sure if all of them are. I think both locations are. Okay. Hell yeah. It's super sick. Cause I remember like me and my buddy, cause I go out and visit like, uh, every now and then, like some friends and I will go and just do like a weekend in San Diego. I, I think the last time we were down there was when, uh, it was backtracks last tour went through there, went through the Shea cafe and then also eco strike played the, the day after at the Shea. Right. Yeah. I think that was the last time we all went down there. We were there for the whole weekend. It was pretty cool. That's sick. I didn't get to go to either of those shows, but I heard they were cool. Uh, were you on tour at that point, or did you have like work or something? I'm not sure what I was doing. <laughs> okay. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's hard for me to remember sometimes because so many things just happen and like time. Like I feel like since I've gotten older, time moves so much faster, so I, I forget like things more often. Right. So. Uh, you said you lived in Chula Vista. Where did you live in Chula Vista? Oh no, no, um, I I would visit Chula Vista pretty often. Oh, oh my bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. But I I can't remember. Like I don't know the name of this the specific area, but it was in some neighborhood. It was off uh these streets D and Garrett. I don't know if you know that area. Not really, no. Okay, yeah, I was- lived there twice. I lived. Uh, I lived off Telegraph Canyon, and then I've lived on H Street. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, I, I remember what what exit it was off because it was literally like right off the freeway. I'd, I'd have to ask right. my buddy um, who I go with all the time because he grew up in San Diego, so uh, he knows it better than I do. Yeah. Chula Vista has the best Mexican food, straight up. Really? What What's your favorite burrito spot? You're cutting. I couldn't really do that more since I went vegan. So. Wait, sorry, you're cutting out there. I, I, I don't. I didn't... Know. Ryan, you're you're cutting no, out. I said I couldn't really tell you like what my. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, my reception kind of sucks. Fucking. What I was saying was I could I couldn't honestly. So you tell your favorite burrito spot because I don't really go to Mexican food places since I've been vegan. Oh, okay. And you've been vegan for how long? Yeah. I think it's like eight months now. Okay. That's awesome. That That's almost a year. And I feel like... I feel like these days it's easier to be vegan because I remember like 
just not even that long ago like finding vegan options at uh normal places like wasn't readily available but i feel like now like there's a lot of places that are actually um, more aware of veganism so they make it easier and provide options for vegan people it's fucking badass straight up yeah and, and I, like places like getting like uh are, are you a fan of uh, the impossible or the beyond meat burgers absolutely i love the beyond meat it's so fucking bomb okay and uh one place i've been uh, meaning to try is uh have you been to that uh, plant power oh yeah we go all the time like me and all the homies and shit yeah, we're always at my power. The closest one to me is in Long Beach, which isn't that far. It's like probably like 20 minutes from where I'm from, but I, I just haven't had a chance to make it out there yet. Dude, you should go. It's fucking bomb. What's uh, what do you normally get when you go to Plant Power? Because I'm really curious. Usually the chicken tenders and a side of fries. Um, the Big Zack is really good. It's like their version of the Big Mac. Okay. That shit's bomb. <laughs> They have really good milkshakes too. Oh, that's awesome! I I definitely gotta get my friends and us just like mob out there and just check it out one day. Yeah, dude, it's only twenty minutes from you. You're fucking up. For yeah. real. And where's it at in San Diego? Because I've never been to that location. There's three. There's uh, there's one in Ocean Beach. There's one right by our apartment on the SDSU campus, and then. There's one in Encinitas, right off the highway. Okay, dang, I, I didn't know there was three locations. I, I honestly only thought there was one. Yeah, they like just built the SDSU one like not too long ago. Okay, hell yeah, that's super awesome. Some, uh, I, I know that there's one popping up in Redlands, which is really random. That's fucking cool. Yeah, so it seems like they're uh, doing good and opening up m- more locations. Which I think is cool to get that option for people instead of going to just like your typical like McDonald's. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think more people should be open to the idea of just eating like plant based options. Not necessarily going vegan because like, of course, I encourage it, but I know that everybody's different and like people are gonna live their lives the way they want to and like when i wasn't vegan i or like just in general i don't like people telling me how i should live my life so i wouldn't tell someone to do the same shit you know yeah for sure but i definitely encourage people to like at least do the most they can you know or at least try it yeah, and it's definitely hard sometimes because like people don't really understand the kind of impact that, that they're actually having on the earth just because there's like so many of us and people feel like the little change that they do make isn't really affecting the bigger picture, but it definitely can. Yeah. It does. I mean if you get if you get enough if you get enough people to like get on a fucking movement, like of course it's gonna make an impact, you know. But sometimes people can't, like, think outside of their own bubble. They're just like, oh, how am I going to change anything? Especially, like, so late in the game, you know, people grow up their whole lives, like, not being vegan or whatever. And then 
they make the trip they like don't want to make the transition because they think it's like too late or they're too acclimated to like what they grew up to and i mean take for example like i grew up eating meat and cheese and dairy and shit like fishing and hunting you know growing up like in the woods and shit and i did it i think anybody can do it you know it just takes enough willpower dang uh so what kind of hunting did you do growing up mostly deer and were you hunting with a rifle or a bow rifle dang that's intense I've always wanted to go hunting just to kind of get the whole experience of um, getting my own food because obviously it's like easy just to go to the grocery store and just buy meat because it's like readily available everywhere and just uh, just me being me I've always wanted that that full experience just to see how it is Um, I'm not like bloodthirsty I've never hunted before in my life I've never even shot a real gun which is crazy um, to say because like people think that I've done that before but no like I've never even shot a gun I've never been to a shooting range Um, but Oh, you gotta change that. That shit's fun as hell. Yeah, I know. I I definitely want to try it. I I, I want to shoot a, a a rocket launcher. I think that'd be pretty insane. He said, "I want to shoot a rocket launcher." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I I don't know if they offer that at the shooting ranges, but um, yeah, like I I, I want to shoot, shoot a rocket launcher. Um, and I, I've always been drawn to the AK 47, whenever I would play like counter-strike or call of duty, whenever it was available, that's the gun that I would go for. Can't go wrong with the AK bro. Yeah. Yeah. It seems fun, but, but I, I always love watching those videos on YouTube where people like are shooting guns and they're not holding it properly and they end up like breaking their nose or like hurting their shoulders. Oh yeah, there's a video of a chick shooting a Desert Eagle, which is like a 50 cal uh, handgun, and she's holding it like maybe a few inches from her face, like a fucking idiot, and she just shoots it and pops it right in the face. It's pretty dope. <laughs> Dude, I held a Desert Eagle once, um, which was crazy. I was th- 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 this was like years ago. I was in a McDonald's drive-through with my old boss, and I was sitting right behind the driver's seat, and. I, I couldn't get comfortable because something kept hitting my foot. So I reached down to see what it was. And she had a desert Eagle under her driver's seat and I pulled it up and I was just like, Hey, what is this? And she was like, Oh shit. She's like, put that down. Like that, that's actually loaded and we don't want an accident. So just please put it down. And I was like, Oh my bad. Oh and my God. yeah, it, it was so crazy. Cause it, she was just like, uh, like, but just my manager, I didn't know her. His like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why she had the desert Eagle under her seat but like maybe she was doing some crazy uh stuff after hours but it was super crazy because i think it was like really heavy like it was like really big too i was like really surprised because i've never seen one in person right i would imagine they're pretty heavy never held one that's crazy your fucking your manager is just carrying around a desert eagle that's fucking nuts yeah yeah it was super strange and i was just like why do you like out of all places like not in the glove compartment it was under her seat but you can't fit that thing in the glove compartment bro it's fucking huge oh that's true and yeah because she was driving some like weird lexus too so yeah definitely wouldn't fit in there now that i think about it 
Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's a. She's brave for that. She could. She could go away for a good stretch of time carrying around that gun. Yeah, I, I, she was just just out there going crazy. She not giving a single fuck. Yeah. Uh, you know what's crazy? I, I I think about it, and I've only seen Absence of Mind twice. Okay. The f- the first time I saw you guys, and I, I always get mixed up with the shows. It, it was uh, it was at Rift Mountain. Uh, Momentum did a secret set. Dare played, um, and I can't remember who else was on that bill. Do you remember that show? trying to think and uh, and it was when they had it set up the bands would play on the like if you walk into Rift Mountain the bands were playing on the right side not the left side um I honestly don't remember that show okay. it's crazy Rift Mountain Rift Mountain was nuts cause like Alex that dude is very chill shouts out to him but fucking the staff there was just super chill and they would just let us fucking drink and smoke outside and shit so a lot of the times that we played Rift Mountain I was pretty faded (laughs) (laughs) for sure Uh, not not really like while we're playing like I'll get a little buzz usually before we go on but afterwards like I would usually get pretty fucked up okay Yeah, th- that place definitely was uh, pretty chill, and I'm definitely bummed that it got closed down because that spot um, was like super DIY and it was super cool. Just going to like some random warehouse in Fullerton and seeing some awesome bands. Dude, it was like the best setup too because you have you have the venue right there, and then you could throw a rock and hit the gas station that's like. 10 feet away from the venue and then there's a del taco across the street yeah all like super close to the venue yeah and yeah so uh, that was the first time i saw absence of mine which uh i was like super interested because i I first checked you guys out on uh band camp i i did like a email interview with angel from dare back in the day and he and i asked him to uh suggest some bands that i should be listening to that i'm probably not and he hit me with like a strong list and absence of mind was on that list and i remember checking you guys out and went out to the show and uh, liked your guys' performance and the second time I saw you guys was um, at program recently. You guys were on a uh, tour with uh, Spiritual Cramp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That which, show was fun. Yeah. I, and I, I thought it was a um, cool tour, like an uh, interesting group of bands. And I, I went out to the program days specifically to see you guys. And I thought it was like super awesome. And like, I was just so confused. I was like, damn, I was like, this band's so good. And a lot of people just don't like understand yet. Thank you, man. I mean, I've, I don't, I feel like a lot of people don't like nineties rock and shit and more often than not, I hear more people making fun of it than praising it, which is fine. You know, like people are entitled to their own opinion and they're going to like what they're going to like. So as I said, like we didn't expect a lot of people to like fuck with the record or fuck with us like before and after we put it out. 
but the people that do like it and like understand we really appreciate them you know yeah and it's cool that you guys understood like the reality of the record from the beginning you guys just kind of did what you wanted and didn't really care if you're going to be pleasing to the masses you guys were okay with people liking it or not liking it just as long as you guys put out your guys' best effort exactly like the mentality we've always had is like we're gonna do us regardless and like if people want to hate then fuck them you know yeah for sure and uh, in my opinion uh, they'll be missing out because for me I, I like to recognize and enjoy bands doing uh, good stuff like in real time I, I never want to like look back and regret not seeing you know whatever band in that time that they're allegedly you know quote unquote great it's just like I can see it now like I appreciate the new record I lo- I've loved what you guys are doing and like I'm not gonna not catch you guys live it's like i'm gonna experience it now and everybody that's like you know with it cool we gotta enjoy it and we're not gonna miss out on it in the future when it's gone i really appreciate that dude thank you like for real yeah and it's cool because like you guys are going to, to japan you guys are announced on ldb so you guys definitely got some cool things in the works i am so fucking excited for ldb like Dude, it's gonna be fucking crazy. I've always wanted to go. Like I've always low key wanted to play it, but yeah, it's it's gonna be super fucking sick. Um, Ryan and Alex and everyone involved uh, really did a good job with putting the lineup together this year, and they do they do a lot of they're ugh, sorry, kind of tripping over my own words here. Um, they put in a lot of work for not only the Louisville scene, but the Midwest scene in general. And they do it all out of the kindness of their hearts and their love for the scene. And I think it's fucking awesome. I've always really admired what that scene has had and the connection the Midwest has in general. Yeah, I, f- I feel like what they do um, is um, amazing. And I, I felt like, I always felt like LDB was kind of a regional thing, but I feel like this year they definitely kind of went all out and got some awesome bands. And I feel like it, it's like kind of like a bigger festival than it was this year. Right. This year, like this year's fest is still fucking sick though. And it was a good lineup and oh. like a really good turnout from the videos I saw. Dude, that's like the majority of what I watch on YouTube is 197 LDB uh, sets. Yeah, Steven did a really fucking good job for that fest. Yeah, he definitely kills it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, shout out Stefano. Yeah, he's great. Order number 197, your order's ready. I was, I, I, I'm still waiting for him to put out uh, your guys' set from Desert Dweller. I'm sure you'll get to it in time. Uh, I'm That set was sick, but my, my guitar was broken at the time, and I had, like, no idea. So I just played the whole set with, like, a fucked up guitar, but we made it work. It was still fun. What was wrong with it? That That's pretty crazy. Um... It was on my LTD, which is like the Les Paul shaped one with all the smiley face stickers on it. Uh, it has EMGs in it, which are active pickups that run on like a nine volt battery. And 
the bracket in which you put the battery in, there's like two wires that go inside of the guitar. And one of the wires for that bracket for the battery was like snapped off. But I found this out after the fact. Damn. So, so you played the whole set and did anybody even notice, do you think, or people just kind of went with it? I thought it was something in my signal chain, like with my pedals. So in between songs, I was like trying to troubleshoot every way that I know how to like fix the problem because technical difficulties like aren't anything new to me and they usually happen like all the fucking time, especially with AOM. Like we all, it's like a, it's like an ongoing joke with the band that we're like cursed, like something always goes wrong with absence of mind whether it's like right before a tour like we get hit with some bullshit or like technical difficulties but yeah i guess the universe doesn't want us to win but we're going to anyways yeah seems like you guys can't be stopped no we're all like we're all like pretty hard-headed fucking like dedicated people at the core of it so we're not going to let some like minor shit stop us, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's cool. Cause it definitely shows in your guys' music. You guys are, you know, down for your shit. And you know, it's like people are either going to, you know, hop on the train or you're just going to pass them by. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. You know, we're just going to keep doing our shit. Like I said, have fun. Yeah. And Take what comes yeah, for some reason, I never knew you guys were like, you know, based out of San Diego. For some reason, I knew you guys were from Southern California, but I just wasn't sure which part. Um, probably like two years ago, we weren't necessarily from San Diego because I think at the time, Rudy was still living like up in the Inland Empire and Brandon lives in Long Beach. So we're not we're not all technically from San Diego, but now fast forward to present time, like four out of five of the members live in San Diego now. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And where does the the other member live that isn't from San Diego? Brandon lives in Long Beach. Oh, Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. I, you know, what's funny is I, uh, when I went to Riff Mountain to see you guys for the first time, I stopped at the Chevron and I walked in and he was in line to buy something and he was like, dude, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, I was like, I'm here to see your band. And he was like surprised. He's like, really? He's like, that's sick. I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, you guys do awesome shit. So I'm here to uh, support and check it out. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I love Brandon. Like that's straight up my brother and he's one of my favorite people on this fucking planet yeah always uh always super kind to me whenever i see him so i'm, I'm always like you know dan support whatever he does yeah he he is a shining star of a human being and i love the fuck out of him yeah for sure we're, we're all we're all very close i think I think that's what makes it kind of special is that we all love each other so much and like ride so hard for each other and we just do anything for one another in that sense. I mean, all friends should be that way, but 
I feel like our band just has that special bond and that's kind of like what keeps us going. Yeah. And that's awesome because uh, being super tight and having that bond, I, I feel like makes the music that much better because you guys get each other on like a whole nother level. Right. The, um, the writing process for Smile was honestly kind of a trip because none of us had ever written a full length before and I thought that going into it, it was going to be like a really lengthy, difficult task, but I, like we had all kind of had like bits and pieces of stuff. And at the time, like I was just fucking shitting out songs like nobody's business. I don't know what it was, but I was on a hot streak and I just had like songs and ideas on the back burner and like Brandon, David, and fucking everybody just like contributed to it and it all it all kind of came together i think it took like i think it took around like six or seven months to fully write and originally we were supposed to re-record three in isolation off like the aom uh three song tape and like a week and a half before we were gonna go in the studio to track smile um Rudy approached us and was like, I don't think we should waste like two slots on the record to re-record songs like people have heard before. Like, let's just write two new songs. And we pumped out uh, Regret, Disdain, Wallow, and Cry, Cry, Cry in like damn near the same day. That's wild. And why did you guys go with uh, Regret, Disdain, Wallow, excuse me, uh, for the single? Um, I've, I don't know. I feel like we all kind of felt that that song represented like the change in style and the overall vibe in the record as like, I felt like it represented it more than a lot of the other songs, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. And God, it feels okay. So like we're at the tail end of October and it doesn't feel like the record's only been out since June, and I feel like it's been out forever. Yeah, it's it hasn't been that long, but it feels long. But time has just absolutely flown by, and it's weird. Yeah, but it's dope. Like I had no fucking idea that the opportunities that have been given to us, but we're all really grateful for it, and. We're just fucking stoked. And so you guys have Japan scheduled and LDB scheduled. Are you guys going to yeah. do a full US at any point? Or are you guys just going to try to do like regional stuff? Uh, we're discussing one right now for next summer, but we haven't really confirmed it yet. And it hasn't, it's not going to start getting booked till March. So we're kind of waiting to see what we're doing around that time and just like where we're at but a full us has been in discussion for a while and i was pushing to uh to tour right after the record came out but it just didn't end up working out that way not entirely sure why but um i think we're definitely going to make up for it next year because we're touring after ldb as well okay so how can we get a absence of mind, uh, no option tour? 
that would be fucking dope. I know that uh, we've discussed shit with them in the past, but I'm sure, like, somewhere along the way, some shit will end up working out to where we get to tour with them. Yeah, because I know those guys, like, really ride for absence, and I feel like it'd be an awesome uh, mashup, those two bands. I fully agree. It would be dope. Um, I only... I'm only really acquainted with like Frankie who plays drums in that band. Uh, I don't really know anyone else. I haven't met any of them, but they all seem like pretty chill people and fun to be around. And I like their band. They're fucking sick. For sure. And you know, uh, what I'm kind of surprised about is you guys uh, put out smile and you guys gotten like you know so much uh, praise over the record uh has have you guys been approached by any record labels or are you guys just trying to keep it independent uh when like when we were getting the masters back we like shopped it out to a handful of labels but we never heard anything back and we were never approached by anybody so um we're just kind of doing shit on our own for now because we have a pretty good dynamic going and like a lot of what we're doing is coming back to us without like going into too much detail because I'm not really trying to talk about that or like seem like I'm bragging about it or anything because that's just not me. But I mean, at this point, like we don't really need a label or like management and shit just because like we're doing the shit that we're doing with that one and as i said like shit's coming back to us and it's just easier that way um we've kind of all discussed what would make us sign in terms of a label so i guess when we get an offer that we think is fitting for us then we'll take it but um at this time we're just doing our own shit you know and it's working out i think for sure uh yeah because somebody asked me the other day they're like if you had a record label what band from uh california would you sign that isn't signed and i was like oh that's easy absence of mind i was like who's who isn't signed that's doing what they're doing i was like that band is killing it right now with like the sound of the new record like you can't really beat that and um we all just kind of sat there talking we're like yeah like it's crazy that they aren't like on a label yet but, uh, but i'm sure it'll happen and in due time if things make sense right okay yeah i mean like fuck it you know like shit's shit's working out for us right now with that one so i think i think a lot of bands rush into getting signed because they think that it'll help them out or they think that they'll like turn a big profit on shit but I think a lot of bands aren't actually educated in that regard and like how hard the fucking industry fucks small bands and shit. Not not necessarily small bands, but especially like up and coming bands or like touring bands that aren't big, you know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of bands kinda go into it blind and don't really go over contracts and end up like getting themselves fucked over and shit. That was something I saw a lot when I was younger with a lot of like those scene core bands, you know? 
which is so weird that um, that there's people out there that just want to kind of like sign people into these crazy deals, knowing that the chances of them like actually making it out alive aren't good. Yeah. And just like ridiculous fucking like contracts and shit, like five full lengths and they keep like a huge chunk of your fucking profit. Like there's just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, it's smarter for bands, especially in hardcore to just sign to like a distro label to just help with like physical releases and stuff. Honestly, just so they're not getting absolutely fucking shafted. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like super well-versed in the business aspect of it, but um, part of me just uh, looks at like rap and like you know pop music and stuff and you know it, it's becoming more of a trend in that style of music to not really go with majors and just kind of keeping it independent a lot of people fucking lie about that shit like you wouldn't believe in rap especially so you're telling me Chance the Rapper rap- isn't independent <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't really know Chance the Rapper, but you're breaking up, Ryan. Are you still there? Oh no, we lost him. Oh, okay. Ryan, you're breaking up. I couldn't. I I honestly didn't hear anything you said about Chance the Rapper. Ryan, are you still there? Better. Uh, I I can hear you now. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going through a rough patch again with reception. Um, I was saying I don't really know anything about Chance the Rapper, and I don't know his background, whether he's, like, independent or signed or not, but I was just kind of saying that, like, a lot of rappers lie about being independent and, like, that they did shit on their own. There, there are some that do, but a lot of people fucking lie about that shit just to, like, look cooler. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised about that. And I was kind of uh, trolling uh, about Chance because I'm pretty sure he, he says he's not signed, but I'm pretty sure he, he does have, like, a like a major, like, distribution deal, um, if I remember correctly. Um, but for sure, I, I definitely understand that. Yeah, a lot of... I think a lot of rap is like really phony in that regards, like people lying about shit, you know, but I fucking, I love rap. Yeah. Same, shit. same here. I, 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 I love, uh, going to rap shows is just always, uh, so insane to me. I, I always laugh when they have their own mosh pit and they think it's like the craziest thing. And I just sit back and I'm like, okay, it's, kind of intense a bunch of people like push moshing but i was like that's not a real mosh pit it isn't it isn't you know yeah yeah for sure you could say that's not a real mosh pit but that's the their mosh pits are kind of similar to how like actual metal shows go but i feel like i feel like rap mosh pits are just it's less like pushing and it's more just people kind of like spazzing the fuck out in that regard yeah. I, I think it's dope. I, I respect it. Like, as long as someone's having fun and enjoying themselves, you know, that's all that matters. I I actually have only been to, like, two rap shows in my lifetime, but 
I actually like it. It's like a different change of pace from the norm, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of like going because I can kind of just go in there and I, I don't really know a lot of people in that scene. So I, I just kind of go in like in my, my own business, get to see the artists and then just kind of dip out and not a whole lot of uh, uh, socializing goes on. I, I can just do my own thing and just chill. Right. And um, which uh, rap shows have, have you been to? I saw I saw Suicide Boys in like 2017 and then I saw Rob Stone at House of Blues I think that same year he's like a local San Diego rapper um, yeah Lemon Grove right yeah 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 you know Rob Stone uh, yeah, I, well, not, not personally, but um, I know of uh, Rob Stone, like his career, and uh, I, I used to work for this right. merch company, and we actually did some uh, shirts and hoodies for him. Oh, that's cool. But that's yeah, awesome. Fucking, he, he had that one Chill Bill song that has like the the Kill Bill sample. Yeah, yeah, that, that song goes hard. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know like what he's up to now. I think he fell off. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I've only been to like a, a handful of rap shows, and I feel like they've all uh, been at the observatory. Uh, I've gotten, right. yeah, I, I've gotten to see. Um, I, I saw Travis Scott at the observatory, ASAP Ferg, Waka Flocka. I've seen uh, um, uh, Fetty Wap there, and. What the hell's the guy's name? Oh, Bobby Schmurda. I, I, I saw him there. Oh, Dude, it was insane. So <laughs> uh, they were selling tickets, um, but like tickets went on sale. It was like a $5 show to see Bobby Schmurda, right? Show sells out. And um, I showed up and people were buying or like scalping tickets for like a hundred bucks when it was like a $5 show, which I thought was insane. And yeah. And I literally had the worst time because there was like a million openers. I didn't enjoy any of them. And Bobby Schmurda went on at midnight, played four songs. Two of them were the same. And uh, he literally ran on stage, performed the four songs and ran off stage. And we literally had no idea that the show was over because we thought he was going to come back out because it was such a short set. But he was done. He was already like off. And we're like, OK, it was just like such a weird ending to like a long night but it, it was just crazy to have been able to see him like way back then yeah now he's locked up yeah and I, I know he's supposed to get out soon but yeah it, it's crazy it, it was all like a long time ago yeah that's fucking dope I know uh I know it's like popular for rappers to fucking straight up not show up to their own shows which is absolutely mind blowing to me like how the fuck are you gonna book a show and just not show up? I I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. But it, it, it's definitely a different vibe at the shows, and it, they always start super late, which I hate. It grinds my gears. Like seeing, you know, like the artists I, I want to see go on at like midnight or like you know one or two in the morning. It's just like I'm so tired by then. I'm just like fuck this. I want to go home. Right. When I saw Suicide Boys, it was just them, like no openers or anything. And uh, we got there, like we waited in line, like the doors opened and I expected like 30 minutes tops to wait 
for them to like go on with their their dj did like an interlude for like an hour so we were just like standing there fucking just being like when the fuck are they gonna go on and then they finally went on that's crazy. It was dope. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like Suicide Boys, but I love them. Like, no, they I, go hard. Yeah, I think, I think they're the best duo since like Mob Deep for sure. Yeah, I I saw them. Uh, it was I can't remember what year it was. It was on Halloween. They played like a late show at the Observatory. We, uh, it was crazy because, like, me and my roommates at the time, we had a Halloween party at our house. And the whole time I was like, oh, I was like, I hope this thing ends on time because I want to go to the show. And, uh, I remember, like, all it was like me and, like, one of my roommates, um, we were going and we left, like, the other roommates at the house to clean up while we, we went to the show. I, I felt kind of bad, but the show was so insane because it was literally the night of Halloween and there's still people dressed up and there was, like, a, for, it being that late on Halloween, I was surprised at how many people actually showed up and shit just like popped off. And like, I, I felt like the whole place like shaking because everybody was just going insane. Yeah, their shows get pretty crazy. Do you know who else played? Uh, it was just them, t- to my knowledge, because it was, yeah, it was just like some random late show on Halloween. Oh, that's fucking dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, it was like it was like one of two times that I felt the observatory felt bigger than it actually was. It was uh, the Halloween show where I saw Suicide Boys, and then I saw Marilyn Manson perform at the observatory, and he just made that place feel just like super massive. But it, obviously, it's just you know the same size. Right. That's dope. Marilyn Manson playing the observatory. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was. I forgot which tour I mean, it was on, but like I, I remember, it was like uh, it, it was kind of strange because it was around Halloween as well, and there's people showing up with like um, to me look like costumes. I, I, there's like people in like you know like uh, orange jumpsuits, uh, girls with like painted like black eyes and all this like corpse paint, and it, it was like really interesting because like. I wasn't sure if they were just dressing up or if that was the normal crowd for a Marilyn Mansion show because it's the only time I've ever seen them live. It was like a couple years ago. Oh shit, that's pretty dope though. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely cool. I'm not like big on Marilyn Manson, but I can respect that for sure. Yeah, for, for me. Um, it was just something like I, I like used to see him on like MTV all the time, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I, I I'm actually gonna get the chance to see him at a cool venue and not some like big like arena or like festival or something." So, I, I definitely had to go check that out. Oh yeah. So, and uh, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we pretty much covered everything that I wanted to talk about. For sure. And uh, is there anything you want to shout out or plug before we sign off? Um, I, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out to all the homies bands fucking... Drain, Dare, Palace of Morning, Hands of God, Jawstruck, uh, Gulch, 
Pascal, um, Wicked Garden from Louisville, No Option, Soul Blind, Resonate. Um, I think that's about it. Um, it's really, it's kind of hard for me to think of bands off tops, but yeah, I just want to give a shout out to all my friends and all the fucking sick ass bands from California that are doing it. Hell yeah. That, that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure they definitely all appreciate that. And thank all of you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, go listen to Smile, Aren't You Happy by Absence of Mind. Great record. And I'm sure you guys will all love it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again in the future. I, I, I like that you guys, um, I think, or I think you guys do a great performance live. So um, whether it be at LDB or somewhere closer, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys live again soon. Are you going to LDB? Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. Yeah.